powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bible in one year. Let's make our confession of faith together. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Now this word's about to bless me. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we say, have your way. Move by your spirit. Get the glory, God, out of everything that happens today. We tell you we are open and we are ready. We are distraction-free. We are anxiety-free. We are mess-free. And we focus on you. We're locked in. Somebody say, I'm locked in. So that you can lock this word into us. And we expect that you're going to speak. We expect you're going to answer prayers. We expect you're going to give clarity. We expect you're going to give direction. We expect that you're going to bring answers. We are in expectation. In Jesus' name. For those of you expecting, lift your hands. Worship God for five seconds and release your expectation. Go. Five. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, Milwaukee. Come on, Tampa. Come on, Miami. Come on, everybody say, I am expecting. Let's go to work. Our series is Summer Songs. It's the last message of the series, so I need to warn you, it is a fifth Sunday. And on a fifth Sunday, five is the biblical number of grace, favor, supernatural. So something supernatural is going to happen at both experiences today. That's number one. But number two, on a fifth Sunday, I'm liable to say anything. So I just need you to be prepared to step all the way in. Why? Because this word is about to get you into your next. Please open your mouth and say, and this word is going to get me into my next. And my next looks amazing. My next looks incredible. Come on, 915. I need to hear you say, my next looks amazing. And my next looks incredible. This whole series, we've been looking at summer songs. That's why they got all these records behind me. We've been looking at summer songs and seeing biblical principles in them. And so far in this series, we really focused on a man named Saul and his life. We focused on how Samuel's invite, Samuel was Saul's man of God. Samuel was the prophet of the day. How one invite to one cookout, which is a weird, unexpected situation, Change Saul's life for the better forever. And I keep saying this to you because for many of you, you're looking for a burning bush, and it may not be a burning bush. It may be somebody you meet on RTD. Y'all not going to talk. You keep looking uh, for this, uh, for this uh, uh, seemingly huge thing to happen for you. And sometimes God's going to use one weird, unexpected situation to change your life for the better forever. Samuel invites Saul to the cookout, and Saul thinks he's just going to have a good meal. Saul thinks he's just going to find out where his father's donkeys are, which was the reason that he met Samuel in the first place. He did not expect to hear these words, you're about to be king. And for some of you, you're about to hear words, watch me, that you you were not expecting to hear, but they're going to be everything you needed to hear. 
You're about to hear you approved. You're about to hear we're going to do it for you. You're about to hear and we're going to turn it around for you. You're about to hear and we'll change the rules for you. And you're about to hear heal from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm about to hear those words. I but Saul, throughout the course of his life, we found that he had mishandled grief. And mishandled grief, listen to me, will make you stubborn, which can cause you to refuse to obey God. Look at me. Do not mishandle your grief. What is grief? It is your natural automatic response to loss. And I've taught you in this series that even if something good happens, your mind can respond, watch me, in a grieving manner. You could get a new job and you can go into grief. Why would I grieve and I got a new job? I got the job I prayed for because you've lost the comfort of your previous job. You can get a new door to open and go into grief and you'll be sad when you should be glad. And you're trying to figure out why. It is because you lost the comfort of the previous situation. Do not mishandle your grief. Speak this over yourself. Say, I will not do it. I will not. In 1 Samuel 16 and 1, after Saul disobeys God's instruction, and watch me, he doesn't just disobey. He mishandles, watch me, when he's confronted about it. God's issue with Saul was that, Saul, not only did you not do what I said, but when I checked you on it, you got an attitude. Watch me, if you cannot be checked by God, you will never be promoted by God. If you cannot be checked by leaders that are in your life, hear me, you will never ever go past your current level of life. I need for some of you to stop looking at people that love you and prove that they love you as that they correct you as if they're your enemy. Watch me. The next time somebody tells you the truth, you need to say, thank you for loving me enough to risk the relationship. So, And let me be clear. Correction only flows down. It never flows up. So for those of you who think you're going to check somebody that God has told you and put you in a place of submission to, let me go on and fix you right there, boo, because that's called anarchy. That is not correction. That is demonic. But watch me. God puts you under people so that those people can bring coaching and correction to you to make you better. When Samuel went to him to check him, do you not know that he got an attitude? And he was like, I did what I was supposed to do. Somebody say, the lie detector test. Determined that was a lie. So God's issue was like, Saul, I'm not even mad that you messed up. I am angry about the way that you are handling your mess up. Just like with Adam, Adam, in Genesis, I'm not mad that y'all messed up. I'm mad that when I asked you, did you do what I said not to do, you started pointing fingers and blaming Eve when you needed to check yourself. I don't know who I need to hear this at this 915, but instead of looking at everybody else, you need to check yourself. It's not everybody else. Fist bump somebody next to you say, it's you, it's you. Before you complain about your husband, wife, check yourself. Husband, before you complain about your wife, check yourself. Before you complain about your parents, check yourself. Before you complain about your kids, check yourself. Before you complain about your pastor, check yourself. Before you complain about your boss, check yourself. Now, I, don't know, I, was, I knew that part wasn't going to get a lot of amens because we like to blame everybody else. But I'm going to tell you, watch me. Do not be the type of person where God cannot trust with anything because he cannot trust you to take responsibility when you're held in accountability. I knew that wasn't going to get a lot of shouts. We'll move on. So what happens? Saul, he's grieving. His mishandled grief makes him disobey God. Now Samuel is grieving. Look at what the Lord says to Samuel. And what is Samuel? Samuel is Saul's man of God. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse for I have provided. He literally says, listen, I need you to get out of this place of grief. Look at me. And I need you to get out of it quickly. I cannot control grief starting, but I can control grief ending. 915. You may not control grief starting in your life, but you can show enough control grief ending in your life. See, your body will automatically respond grieving if it perceives loss, but I don't have to stay stuck in that place of grief. I know they walked out on you last Monday, but can I ask you a question? Why are you still crying about it, baby? You've had seven days to... 
I need you to make sure the person you're sitting next to and the person you're streaming with is not stuck in grief. On three, I just need you to pray, Lord, deliver my neighbor from grief. One, two, three, pray it, pray it, pray it. Uh Uh-uh, we're not going to let you stay stuck there. Uh Uh-uh, I need you to reach over to somebody and just touch them and say, you will not be stuck in grief. You will not be stuck in grief. He tells him to fill his horn with what? With oil. His ram's horn. He says, listen, you're about to go into your next, but you have to get past your grief because I've got some gifts for you. You have to get past your grief because I have gifts for you. If you stay at the place of your grief, it is like living in a cemetery where the only thing you're surrounded with is what was and what has been, and you can never embrace what he's about to do. He says, Samuel, I need you to go to Jesse's house. And what does Jesse's name mean in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament? It means gift from God. For I have provided. Look at me. God says, I have already provided everything you need. Where is it at? It's about you getting over your grief. The business you need has already been provided. The finances you need already provided. The resources you need already provided. What if I told you the people you needed were already provided? But God says you have to get over your grief. For I have what? Provided. Say he's provided. So essentially he was telling Samuel, go get what's yours. Go get what's yours. These gifts are ready for you, but you're going to have to do what? Look at me, look at me. Here's what most of us want. You want God to drop off your gifts to you. You think he's Instacart. You think he's Walmart Plus. You think he's DoorDash. You think he's Uber Eats. You want him to, watch me, you want him to drop it off to where you're at. And that's not how God moves. Because if I bring to you what you need where you're at, Watch me. You will stay stuck where you're. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's July 31st, and your days of being stuck and stagnant have come to their. Your days of being stuck and stagnant have come to their conclusion. Can I get you to fist bump three people and just say, you will not be stuck. You will not be stuck. Online, tag somebody. You will not be stuck. 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 Somebody say, I'm going to get what's mine. I don't even believe you because you said it with a little bit too much timidity. I need you to say that like the moment you leave church today, you're going to leave with a confidence like everything that God has for me, it is about to be mine. On three, say, I'm going to get what's mine. One, two, three. There were seven gifts that I taught you that God gave to Samuel. That he also gives to us. And they're chained to Samuel. See, because when you're in grief, you will stay in a place you're stubborn. I'm not doing all of that. I don't feel like all of that. I don't want to do that. Because when you're grieving, watch me, you're scared of losing again. Not realizing that if you stay in grief, you're already losing. So these things, these things were chained to Samuel because, Samuel, you were going to get these gifts, but only if you got past your grief, only if you got past your stubbornness. Say, I will not be stubborn. Then when they're in Jesse's house, so what happens is, is that literally Samuel, who is Samuel? The man of God. Whose house is he sent to? Jesse's. What does Jesse mean? Gifts from God. There are seven gifts from God. Check this out. Jesse literally has eight sons. Say eight sons. And the commandment to Samuel is you're about to anoint a new king. You're about, the reason you filled your horn with oil is because that oil is getting ready to flow on my next king. I have moved on from Saul because Saul want to get an attitude when I check him. Watch me. Don't be the type of person where God terminates your services because he didn't like the attitude in which you rendered them. You ready? All right, watch me. He says, I'm ready to anoint the next king. So you're going to go in with your ram's horn of oil, and you're going to go and pass seven of Jesse's sons. 
You're going to go past, watch me, they look like the fit. They talk like the fit. They speak like the fit. Watch me, they smell like the fit. But they're counterfeits. And I need you to hear me. For everybody where you've had some delays in any area of your life, it was so that every counterfeit could pass. See, you thought that was your friend, but that was a counterfeit. So God says, let me delay you getting to your next because I don't want you taking that mark with you into your... Seven of Jesse's sons passed before Samuel. Number one, what's the answer? Number two? Number three? Number four? Number five? Number six? Number seven? So then something crazy happens because Samuel had already told Jesse, bring all of your sons, watch me, to the second cookout. First cookout was for who? Saul. Second cookout was for who? David. Because David is the eighth son. But David is not in the room yet. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 13. He says, we are not going to sit down. He asked Jesse, he says, Jesse, are all your sons here? Are all your sons here? And for some of you, God, watch me, has let you get to the end of certain things to see if you're going to accept that or if you're going to ask, is there more? I'm so glad you're not a settler that just sits there and takes whatever life throws at you. I'm so glad you're not a settler that just says, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. Bishop, I'm too old. No, you're not. Bishop, I'm too young. No, you're not. Bishop, I don't have enough. Yes, you do. Come on, open up your mouth and say, is there more, God? Here's his response. There is. There is. And it's got your name all over it. Can you fist bump two or three people and say, there is more. And it's got your name all over it. Come on, fist bump two or three. Tell them. Say, there is more. And you're about to go get it. If you don't move and fist bump a third person and say, there is more. And you're about to go get it. You're about to live in it. You're about to walk in it. You're about to, I don't like the praise over in this section. You're about to live in it. You're about to walk in it. You're about to be in it. On three, I need to hear a worship. Go, one, two, three, go. I need to make sure every section in this building and every digital campus that you are excited and you are expecting. On three, put it in the atmosphere. One, two, three, go. There's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, and you're about to go get it. And you're about to go get it. Be seated, be seated. But the person next to you is not going up. You need to go sit somewhere else. Because I can sense there may be a few counterfeits. And I need you to make sure you go get it. Seven of Jesse's sons pass. And Samuel says, there has to be more. Because the Lord has not anointed any of these. See, watch me. I'm so glad you didn't settle for that relationship. Because people told you, you just want too much. No, you just think that the only thing that's available is what I can see. See, I walk by faith and not by sight, which means there's another option that evidently ain't in the room yet. I know you thought that was the only job opportunity available, but I said to the Lord, there must be more because I walk by faith and not by sight, which means I may not see it today, but I'll say, God, is there more? Watch me. So he says, so he says, 915, so he says, so he says, you got to have another son. And watch what Jesse responds and says, well, there's another. In other words, there's more, but it couldn't possibly be him. He's out there keeping the sheep. We didn't even invite him to the party. Look at me, look at me. It's funny how your invitations keep getting lost. I swear to God. It's, it's, it's so funny how, how you keep not getting invited to the party. But what they don't recognize is the party you excluded me from. Watch that. It's my party in the first place. Why? 
Because the moment David walks into the room, the Lord said, there you go. Oh, my God. And for some of you, you better hear me and hear me clearly. In these last six months, the remaining time in July, August, September, October, November, December, here's going to be your confession. There you go. There you go. Come on, 915. Say, there you go. Say it again. There you go. And the moment David walks in the room, want to know what the Bible says? It says that Saul or Samuel anointed David with the oil. See, the oil wouldn't flow on seven. That's why certain things have always been so difficult with certain people. There's never been a flow because they were a counterfeit. You ready? There's never a flow. But David comes in the room. Come here, David. You're going to be David. David comes in the room. When David comes in the room, that oil just flows. And then the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. How? Powerfully. What does that mean? This is not going to be slow. What does that mean? This is not going to be passive. What does that mean? You're going to make up for lost time. What does that mean? You're going to accomplish more in the remaining time of this year? Because this is about to have some power behind it. I need you on three to holler power. One, two, three, power. It didn't just say the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. That would have been enough. It didn't just say the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. That would have been enough. It says the Spirit of God came upon David powerfully, which means God said, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm pulling you out from back behind the curtain, and I'm pulling you to the forward. I'm pulling you to the front. God says, listen, this thing is happening, and it's happening quick, fast, and in a hurry. For some of y'all, watch me by this time tomorrow. Why do I keep prophesying things like that? Because it keeps happening for the people that know how to respond correctly. If it ain't happened for you, I promise, ain't nothing wrong with the prophecy. It's something wrong with the person receiving it. Come on, open up your mouth and say, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Verse 14, but watch what happens to Saul. But the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with what? Depression and fear. Uh-oh. Disobedience brings two things, depression and fear. Stubbornness brings two things, depression and fear. You know why you're fearful? Because you're stubborn. Because you don't get to control the outcome. Because you don't know how it's going to work. And so stubbornness will keep you in part when you should have just put yourself in drive. So the Lord turned a tormenting spirit that filled him with what? Depression and fear. Say, those are emotions. We're going somewhere. Verse 18, and one of the servants said to Saul, who Saul? King, who just got anointed to be the next king? David. Who doesn't have the position but has the anointing for the position? David. Who's already next but ain't sitting in his next yet? David. Who's already next but ain't sitting in their next yet? Say your name. Say your name. Somebody say, it's already happened. It's already happened. Let's go. So, so they see Saul in this depressed, fearful stage. Because when David got the oil, the oil shifted. And God says, well, ain't no need of me fooling with you no more, Saul. You didn't want to be fooled with, so I'll go get somebody. Watch me. That's a man after my own heart. See, well, y'all thought y'all were hurting David, keeping him in isolation. While you thought you were hurting David by not including him. While you thought you were hurting David by not inviting him. What you were doing is making sure he was in an incubator. And David's been getting prepared and David's been getting ready. And when nobody knew his name, David was singing songs to me. And when nobody knew his name, David was becoming a king. And David was learning how to lead sheep. And David was learning how to lead without applause. And David was learning how to lead without celebration. And David was learning how to do it by himself. So you can't scare David with walking out on him. Because David learned how to do it by himself. I need you to stop being scared that people are going to walk out. Stop being scared that people are going to leave you. I need you to lift your hands and say, I learned how to do it by myself. If you don't encourage me, I'll encourage my... 
If you don't pray for me, I'll pray for mine. If you won't clap for me, I'll clap for mine. If you won't praise for me, I'll praise for mine. You cannot scare me with that because I wasn't called. Watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. David wasn't called and anointed to be king. You ready? From a crowd. So the crowd never did anything for David. David said, I was called while I was in isolation. I was called while I was dealing with the sheep by myself. So when I was called to do it back then, watch me, I'm not offended or afraid of what comes with it now. Look at me. God picked you when nobody knew you, when nobody cared, when people had walked out, and that's when he stepped in and said, you're the one. And that's when he stepped in and said, you're the one I've picked. You're the one I've chosen. You're the one I've anointed. So David says, listen, you can't, y'all can't scare me with that stuff. Because I wasn't called in front of you. So I don't perform for you. You ready? Watch me. So the anointing shifts. And it goes, watch me, to David. But Saul, what does he have? Depression and fear. So when his servants see him like this, the Bible says, one of his servants say, to Saul. You ready for this? Uh, he says, I know one of Jesse's sons. He's a talented heart player. Now, if David has been in isolation, how do you know this about him? Because God will bring your name up and bring your resume up and bring your qualifications up to people that have never met you. They ain't never looked at your LinkedIn profile. They've never done any of those things. But God's going to drop your name in somebody else's spirit. On three, I need you to say your name. If you own a business, say your business name. One, two, three, go. Bishop Kevin Foreman, Harvest Church. Bishop Kevin Foreman, Harvest Church. Bishop Kevin Foreman, Harvest Church. I need you to say your name. Say, and my name's about to come up to somebody I've never met. Somebody that's never met me, but they're about to favor me. I'm going to get the supernatural from a stranger. This is why you got to treat everybody right. This is why you got to treat everybody good. Not just the people you think you need. Because a stranger is about to hook you up. Still with me? His name came up, and watch what, this, watch what, what he said. This is one of Jesse's sons. Who's he talking about? David. He's talented. So David, all this time where you were in obscurity, all this time you were alone, was for you to get your talent together. And the danger with many single people is that, watch me, you want a yoke, but you have no talent. The only thing you offer is a body. I don't like some of y'all's responses, evidently. Hmm? You ready? What, what talent, what skill do you bring to the table? Y'all not saying nothing. He, he's a talented heart player, which means he knows how to play well. Where did he learn that? Well, who taught him that since Jesse didn't? See, watch me. There are certain skills where God says, I'll give that to you. Jesse never taught him. And for some of you, some of what you're good at, nobody taught you, but the Lord did. He sent you to different resources, sent you to different people. Nobody taught me business, the Lord did. Nobody taught me, to, the Lord did. One of Jesse's sons is a talented heart player. He's a brave warrior. That means he runs to war. He doesn't run from war. He's a man of war, which means he's not scared to fight. He has good judgment, which means his discernment's on 10. Say, Lord, my discernment is on 10. And he's also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. See, while you, watch me, while you're in isolation and obscurity, God says, I need you to get yourself together. Get your, watch me, get your fitness together. Get your body together. Make, make it so that, watch me, if nobody else says you look good, you can look at yourself and say, God, the shucky ducky quack quack. 
But here's the most important thing about you. You ready? Say, what's the most important thing? Say, the Lord is with me. Talent is good. Bravery is good. Fighting is good. Discernment is good. Looking good is good. But the best thing you got going for you is that the Lord is with you. Lay your hands on your head. Say, and the Lord is with me. So watch what happens. Say, his name comes up. Say, his name comes up. But when his name comes up, he was ready already. When his name comes up, he was ready already. All of what you've been doing up to this point was to get you ready. So when your name comes up, you don't have to say, well, let me go get ready. Look at me. Let me be very practical. Some of you, you need to get your credit together. You too grown to have bad credit. The Lord is with you. I rebuke bad credit. I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. I rebuke collection accounts. I rebuke you owing people. I rebuke you getting bills and not paying the bills that you get. Come on. I need you to worship God like you're going to have an 800 plus FICO score. TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, Lexus, Nexus, Innovus, all of them. Say, I'm ready already. I need you to have your fitness together. I need you to have your eating regimen together. I need you to have your skill together. I need you to have everything about your life together. Watch me. Stop thinking that people have to accept an incomplete. You got to be ready already. Say, I'm ready already. I see. You don't even say it like me. Say, I'm ready already. Now, check this out. Verse 23. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play. What was he doing? Serving. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, and what did it make Saul? Depressed and fearful. David would play. David would serve. Let me help some of you understand how you get past moments of frustration, depression, and fear. You serve. What do you mean? You do what you do. You do what you do. You do what you do. And when David would play, what does the Bible say would happen? Look at it. It's on the screen. And Saul would feel better. Uh-oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Which means David, listen clearly, David knew how to shift an atmosphere to change how he felt. And for some of y'all, you have been stuck in some of these low emotions because you have not shifted your atmosphere to change how you feel. And how you feel determines how far you can go. I need you to open up your mouth. Please, God, don't say, 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 I can shift that atmosphere. Look at this. Chapter 17 is the epic takedown of Goliath. What we just read was in what? Chapter 16. In chapter 17, it's the epic takedown of Goliath, which happens, listen to me, because of how and what David felt about his God and himself. I'll say it again. Why does he take down Goliath? Now, for those of you who don't know what Goliath is, Goliath was a big dude. He was a giant. He was between 6.75 and 9.75 feet tall. He was a big dude, and he was one of the Philistines' champions. I mean, he, if you think of Mortal Kombat, y'all remember Mortal Kombat? Like, he was Goro. You know, I mean, if you remember that. Right? And David is the only one. Saul is scared to fight him. The army is scared to fight him. Everybody's scared to fight him. But David, this 16, 17-year-old boy at the time, David is like, where he at? <laughs> See, watch me. The greatest thing you have going for you, watch me is that you're not afraid of what other people are afraid of. Therefore, watch me, watch me, lift your hands. Father, I pray that the people of Harvest and the people connected to Harvest would not be afraid of recession, would not be afraid of inflation, would not be afraid of what other people are afraid about. In fact, it's times like these that make millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires. And I pray that just like you navigated the people of Harvest and made us prosper in a pandemic, I pray that now we would now, Father, that we would see great results even in the midst of reset. Oh. 
Come on, lift your hands, open your mouth like you're not afraid of what other people are afraid of. What y'all are running from, I'm running too. What you think I can't do, I can't do it. Somebody say, I'm not afraid. Today's song is Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino. Say, it feels like summer. Say, it feels like summer. Say it again, it feels like summer. Let's prophesy, it feels like I'm winning. Say, it feels like I'm winning. Say, it feels like I'm winning. Say, it feels like I'm conquering. Feels like I'm ruling, reigning, conquering, and subduing. Feels like I'm healthy. Feels like I'm better. Feel like I'm satisfied. Feel like I'm walking in my purpose. Feels like I'm walking in my assignment. What does it feel like for you, 915? Because for me, it feels like it's time to win. For me, it feels like it's time to do what God has taught you to do. It feels like you're out of debt. Feels like you're out of debt. Feels like your family is saved. Somebody say, I feel good. How you feel and what you feel determines how far you go. How you feel, what you feel, determines how far you go. I'll say it again. How you feel and what you feel determines how far you go. Look at me. Look at me. For many of you, um, here's your fight. It's with you. And it's with your feelings. How many can be honest that even over the last seven days, you, you've been feeling some type of way about something? Some of y'all lying because I can see it on your face now. And you think I'm playing. You ready? L look at me. Feelings. Feelings are interesting because um, uh, there's eight basic emotions that are grouped in four pairs of opposites. This is basic psychology. You ready? Joy versus sadness. Anger versus fear. Trust versus disgust. Surprise versus anticipation. All of your emotions, no matter how nuanced they are, fit in one of those categories. And one of these four pairs that are opposites. You ready? Our unproductive emotions come from losing our perception of control. And they are our attempt to regain control. You want to know why you're sad? Because you're trying to regain control. You want to know why you're always so angry all the time? We've never seen you happy. Because your, your anger is an attempt to regain control. You, you want to know why you're, why you're always uh, 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 feeling uh, negative? It is because it's your attempt, your unsuccessful and unfruitful attempt to regain control. And here's what's crazy. You never really had control in the first place. Listen carefully, and I need to make sure you hear this because we're about to go up. I'm going up. Now, I don't know who's coming with me, but I'm going I got a few. Let's go. Feelings are gauges, not guides. You keep, I'm feeling this way, so now it sets your day. I'm feeling this way, and now you're riding in the car not saying nothing. You should have drove by yourself then. You ready? Now, you, now you, you're walking around. Because you made your feeling your guide. What is a guide? Which means it's leading me. So sadness is like, hey, come over here. Come over here. Be sad. Come on. Uh, put your head down. Yeah. Shrug your shoulders. Yeah. Walk real extra slow. Walk, walk real slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Make them pay attention to you so you feel important. Because the only time you feel important is when people are turning their heads towards you. So manipulate the situation. Yeah. Manipulate the energy in your family. Manipulate the room. Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, poke your lip out a little bit. Poke your lip out. So you use feelings as your guide. Instead of your feeling being your gauge, which means this, I can't control the feeling from happening, but I can control how it continues. Which means I may want to do this, but the Bible says, watch me, but I can command my soul. Which means I'm going to smile, I'm going to put my shoulders back, and I'm going to take authority over my emotions. My emotions are not going to take authority over me. 
I wish I had somebody in this building and online that would say, I control my feelings. They do not control me. Bishop, how do you know that Psalm 103.1 says this? Bless the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Who's saying this? David. So now we're about to figure out how David was able to do what David did. Because when David started feeling sad because his daddy rejected him, when he started feeling sad because his brothers didn't do right by him, you know what David did? Y'all about to do it with me now I'm 15. David said, I know my feeling is trying to guide me to be sad. But here's what I'm going to do. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Stop. Stop. But watch what your feelings will do the first time. They won't respond. So that's verse 1. Look at verse 2. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. What was David saying? David was saying, you are a gauge, not a guide. And I, watch me. Sometimes you're going to have to tell your feelings twice. You want a witness feeling better? You're going to have to say it two times. But I prayed and didn't that happen. Pray again then. When I fasted and nothing happened, fast again then. When I shouted and nothing happened, shout again then. When I gave God glory and nothing happened without music and just voices, I want you to holler, bless the Lord, and then put a praise behind it in the building and online. One, two, three, go. Put a praise behind it. I don't care nothing about how you feel. Say it again. Bless the Lord. One, two, three. Bless the Lord. And forget not all of his benefits. His benefits mean desserts. His benefits mean rewards. His benefits means I got to get over this so I can get to my gifts. I got to get over this so I can get to my breakthrough. I got to get over this so I can get to my business. I got to get over this so I can get to the benefits. This moment somebody said, you have to get over this. There's some benefits waiting on you. Which means, look at me, look at me. Unproductive feelings must be fought. Let me tell you, let me tell you what ticks God off about you. Is that, watch me, you'll help other people do it. When somebody ain't feeling good, you'll call them up. What's going on? How you feeling? But you'll do it for other people. But you won't fight for your... 915, I know we've been praising God a lot. Watch me. But I need you to hear me. You cannot go into August handling your feelings the same way you've been handling them. So on three, I need everybody in this building, everybody at home to stand. And you're going to fight your feelings if they are unproductive. And if you're feeling sad, doggone it, you ain't going to be sad no more. If you're feeling defeated, y'all don't it, you ain't going to be defeated no more. If you're feeling angry, you ain't going to be angry no more. If you're feeling like you want to snap, crackle, and pop, you ain't going to snap, crackle, and pop no more. If you feel like you want to cuss somebody smooth out, I got a list. Listen to me. You are not going to feel like that no more. On three, you will stand to your feet and you will fight for yourself. One, two, three, go. Fight. 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 Fight, 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 fight. I command my soul. I command my soul. My soul is my mind, my thoughts, my will, my feels. I command my soul. I command my soul to bless the Lord. Go to three to five people in the building, fist bump them and say, I command you to feel better. I, and if they ain't smiling when you say it, I need you to just hold on to them until they smile. If they got a mask on, just that mask better perk up. Throw. Hey, 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 hey. 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 
Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Look at this. So now we understand 1 Samuel 17. Why do I need you to stand? Because I, I, just stand with me. I only need four minutes. If it takes longer than four minutes, it's your fault. So now we understand David. Because in 1 Samuel 17, Goliath shouted a taunt. What did, watch me. The people felt disgust. Because he was taunting at the armies of Israel. Verse 11. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified. This went on for 40 days. Look at me. How long is it going to keep going on for you? How long are you going to keep waking up mad? How long are you going to keep waking up stressed? How long? How are you going to be angry in your own house? I'll be belt gone if I pay the doggone bill and I got to come home and be mad. So what did they feel? They felt fear. Remember, Four polar opposites of emotions. Listen to me carefully. Stan, we're almost out. They said, have you seen the giant? This is what they say to David. What did they feel? They felt surprised. Who's the giant they're talking about? Goliath. Then the verse goes on. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. What did they feel there? Sadness. Because I'm talking about the reward that I'm too scared to go get. Well, you know, other people are making millions. Why not you? You know, other people are doing well. Why not you? You know, other people are succeeding. Come on, open your mouth and say, why not me? Why not now? Look at David. This is you. Say, I'm David now. Look at verse 26. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? Look at me. Look at me. In other words, everybody else was scared because of Goliath's reputation. Everybody else was scared because they said, if this show up on your doctor's report, this is bad. Y'all not going to talk to me. Everybody else was scared because they said, you're never going to be able to get that. You're never going to be. David was like, who is this? I need you to just get a little, just a teaspoon of aggressiveness in you and just do your hand like this and say, who is this? But they said, they're going to do this to you. Who are you? But they said they're going to take the house. Who are you? You didn't give it to me no how. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? You missed your cue. You missed it a second time. Don't do this three times. Who are you? Look at this next part. That is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. He said, why are we allowing this? Everybody connected to harvest. There's some things we allow up until July 30th. We ain't allowing no more. Uh-uh. I need to make sure you sit next to somebody that's got a David spirit. Say, I'm not allowing some things after today. I'm not, I'm not allowing it. You get with it or get out. I'm not allowing it. That dare defy the armies of the living God. Y'all ready? We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. What did David feel? Anger. He's feeling opposite them. They felt disgust, fear, surprise, sadness. But David, watch me, he feels opposite them. So he feels anger. Verse 32, he runs up to Saul. Who's Saul? The king. He says, do not worry about this Philistine. David told him, I'll go fight this Mark. What did he feel? See, they were surprised. He felt anticipation. I need you to be a good class. He felt opposite what they felt because he knew how to shift his atmosphere. And for some of y'all, you're going to learn. I'm going to teach you. are going to learn today. You got four minutes to learn this thing. Come on. Say, I shift my atmosphere. Say, what others are fearful of? What's me? Say, I shift that atmosphere. Verse 32, David said, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. So he feels anticipation. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from this lion and this bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Look at me. David, you haven't even run up on him yet. But because of how you feel, (laughs) because of how you feel, 
you got a swag about you that says, even if he do try to hit me, watch me. Even if he does try to take me out, watch me. Somebody said, and I feel good. So what did he feel, y'all? Trust. When they felt disgust, he felt trust. When they felt surprised, he felt anticipation. But watch me, look at me, look at me, look at me, verse 46. So the Bible says, New Living Translation says, he runs up on Goliath. Now, I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. Uh, now you're going to be Goliath because you're tall. Come on. Go over there, Goliath. Quickly, Goliath. Come on. You ready? So David is watching. This is what you're about to do for the rest of this year. Because your days of hiding from something, I rebuke the spirit of procrastination. I rebuke you procrastinating because you're scared to look at it. I rebuke you not opening the mail because you're scared to look at it. Come on, everybody stand. We got to go. David, David sees Goliath. And he sees Goliath. And Goliath has been scaring everybody. But David is like, you missed your cue. David is like, this is what you're about to say to cancer. This is what you're about to say to bad relationships. Come on, I dare you to just do it with me as a prophecy. Who? David, David, he sees Goliath. And Goliath is like, David is like, I ain't scared of you. There's some conversations that are staring you down like this. And you ain't had the conversation because you're scared to have it. You're going to be like, David was like, I ain't scared of you. And the Bible says, watch me, watch me. Goliath starts moving towards him. Lock that knife up, though, because I don't need no accidents. Put it down. There you go. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't need <laughs> no accidents. You ready? Goliath starts coming to him. David runs up on him. And look at what David says. It's on the screen. David says, today, the last day of July, last message of the series, the Lord will conquer you. Say, the Lord will conquer you. Verse 48, and as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Watch his movements. Say, I feel good. What's his first movement? Who are you? Watch his next movement. Let's go. I need you to know your moves. I need you to know your moves. Move number one, who are you? Move number two, let's go. Move number one, who are you? Move number two, let's go. Move number one, who are you? Move number two, let's go. Number two, let's go. Number two, let's go. 915, say it. Let's go. One more time. Let's go. So what did he feel? We got to go. He felt joy. Because he said, everybody else is scared of you. I ain't scared of you. Everybody else won't say what needs to be said. I ain't from here. I ain't scared of you. Look at the person next to you saying, I ain't scared of you either. Tell them, say, but the enemy, he's real scared of you. Say, here's how I know. Tell him, tell him, tell him online in the building. Say, here's how I know. He sent everything he could to shut you down. But you're still here. But you're still here. But you're still here. But you're still here. You're still here. You're still here. Say, I feel good. I'm leaving with joy. Lift your hands and worship God. Open your mouth. Just your voices. Go. Come on, 915. You're going to leave with joy. You're going to leave with confidence. You're going to log off with joy. You're going to log off with confidence. You're going to log off with joy. You're going to log off with confidence. You're going to log off with confidence. And whatever has taunted you, yesterday was the last day. Yesterday was the last day. I pray that confidence be released right now. I pray that joy be released right now. And the joy of the Lord is 
my strength. I'm glad about it. I've got joy. I've got joy. I've got joy. And I'm not going to wait until the battle is over. But I'll shout right now. I'll shout right now. You messed with the wrong one today. You messed with the wrong one this year. In this building, at no line. In this building, at no line. If you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord or you say, Mr. Foreman, I'm not sure where things stand with the Lord. You can be seated or you can remain standing. We're almost out. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure wherever you're at on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. In the building online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One, two, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Three, if that's you, hand up in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. No guilt, y'all. No condemnation, no shame. Mr. Foreman, what am I responding to? It's the good news. What's the good news? That the bad news is wrong. 2,000 years, Jesus died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Secondly, if you've fallen away from him, you still have a pulse, which means he still has a plan. It's not too late for you. I sense there's a few of you that didn't respond the first time because the enemy tried to mess with you even right there. But I want everybody to pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for loving me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you, Lord, are my Lord and Savior. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. I can change how I feel. I can change what I feel. It determines how far I'll go. I have a David spirit. <laughs> Who are you? Let's go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just prayed that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself. Text the word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You need a man of God to speak life into your life, and you know that I'm that man of God. Bishop, how do you know who your shepherd is? That's how you know. When I speak, something in you comes alive. The Bible says that God will give you shepherds, Jeremiah 3.15, after his own heart. You can be in Denver. You can be in Atlanta. You can be anywhere across America and around the world and be a part of the Harvest family. All you need to do is text JOIN HARVEST to 877. What's the rest of the number? Or, or they can do what? Scan that QR code. Come on. I need y'all to know how to be soul winners. I need y'all to know how to do this stuff. You ready? So they can text what? Y'all got, or they can scan that QR code. Amen. I want everybody, if you came in late, you weren't able to give your tithes, offerings, first fruit, love offerings, I want you to get that ready. Secondly, I want everybody to get a seed to seal this word. Your last seed of the month of July. Your last seed in the month of July. And you're going to call this seed your feel good seed. <laughs> Come on, say, because I feel good. Come on, say, I feel good. Verse 48 says, and Goliath moved closer to attack, and David ran out to meet him. I want you to sow, as many who can, many who will, a $48 seed, a $48 seed into this, a $48 seed. You say, Bishop, I don't have the 48. Get as close as you can. Bishop, I want to sow 480. Sow that. Bishop, I want to sow more. I want to do 84. Sow at least 48. You can go above and beyond, but I want you to sow a minimum of 48 into this word. Get that seed ready. How do you give it? Some of y'all never sow seeds, so you never see harvest. Don't be mad at other people's trade reports if you don't do what they do to get theirs. Somebody say, somebody say, I'm a sower. That's why I reap. You can use the cash app dollar sign Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N with the number two at the end. Well, I was ministering a couple days ago. I gave him a tough time because they changed my whole thing. They said my name was Prophet Kevin Foreman. I said, I'm French now. The prophet, okay, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> so F O R E M A N. I love you, nine fifteen. Excited about our future. I said I'm excited about our future. Amen. Somebody said the Lord is with us. He really is. Lifted towards the Lord in the building and the line. Say I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm a faithful giver, therefore I flourish. 
I can change how I feel. And that's exactly what I will do from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, I have a David spirit. Who are you? Let's go. Every battle I fight, I'll win. Woo, come on, y'all say every battle I fight, I'll win. I feel good. And this seed seals that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu.